welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 87 and today's episode, Lying, I want to talk about all things connected with lying. We're going to talk about the developmental process of how our children come to that ability to then to be able to lie. What are the most common reasons why our children lie? How can we encourage our children to tell the truth? And in those moments, what are the things that we should be avoiding? Now, this is going to be a big topic because I know I get asked about this a lot. So hopefully I will have done a thorough job. Now, I think the first thing we need to remember is that we all lie, every one of us, whether that's about the tooth fairy, Father Christmas, maybe our mother-in-law. Maybe we lie when we cancel a commitment that we've made to somebody. Maybe we lie to a work colleague. Maybe it's regarding an argument with our partner, whether we really like something or not. You get the picture. As adults, we lie maybe sometimes to spare someone's feelings. We don't want to upset them. Or we lie, as is in the case with Father Christmas, to keep a childhood fantasy alive. Or maybe we tell lies to avoid something unpleasant happening to ourselves. Now, lying itself is connected to our children's development of what we call, what psychologists call, a theory of mind. And it's this notion that people, that our children can see that people in the world have different ways of thinking, which are completely independent of them. And it allows them to understand that others have unique beliefs, desires that are different to their own. And it generally develops around the same time as children develop empathy, this idea that other people can experience different emotions at different time and that those emotions are different and independent of them. I want to share some interesting, I'm going to do this podcast episode in a slightly different way because we're going to start off with some of the research evidence and how researchers look into this notion and this idea about lying in children. And what we must remember is that lying is developmentally normal because we want children to develop this theory of mind. It's crucial in terms of their ability to interact with other people, uh, to develop empathy and to pick up on social cues. And lying is is as we will discover, is significantly linked to that. So what researchers have looked at is they created a, um, a game where they were looking. It's called the temptation resistance paradigm. Psychologists like to have all of these names and technical terms. But in essence, it's a game um, that a researcher will play with a child where they're asking the child to be able to guess basically what an object is by the sound that it makes so they a child sits in a chair and they have their back to the researcher to the adult who then explains that they're going to hold up a toy which the child can't see because obviously they've got their back to them and they're going to play a sound clue and the idea is that the sound clue will help the child guess what it is that the adult has in their hand So the child listens to the sound, which indeed is supposed to be helpful. So for example, maybe they're holding a rubber duck and so the child might hear a quacking sound and then the idea is that the child will then be able to tell what that is. Um, Now, once they've made the sound, the researcher reminds the child that they're not allowed to turn around and peek and that the child then has to make their guess. If the guess is incorrect, then they'll give them another sound clue until they eventually get it. So they play this game a few times and the child is then getting an idea that this is how the game works. You know, they make a sound clue. They have to guess what the object is. They're told whether they're correct or not. So they do that a few times so that the child has then got a sense of how the game works. 
Once they've got that, the adult, the researcher might then say um, that they're going to, they've just got to nip out for a few minutes, um, but they're going to have the next object. They're going to give them their usual sound clue, but they then have to leave the room, but they'll be back in a few minutes. And maybe they can start thinking about what it is, what their guess might be, and that they're going to leave the object on the table behind the child, but they mustn't peek while the adult has left the room. Okay, so they're told not to peek while they're gone. Um, And then when the researcher comes back, they'll then be able to guess. What then happens is the adult leaves and leaving the child that's alone in the room with a hidden camera, of course, the sound clue begins to play. But this time, instead of the sound clue helping the child guess, it's completely irrelevant and completely unrelated. And what they found out in the experiment after experiment, it turns out exactly the same way. Irrespective of the child's age, most children succumb to the temptation and they sneak a peek. But what's especially interesting is what happens afterwards when the adult returns and asks the child the questions. Did you turn around? Did you peek to see what it was? And what they found was an age difference. With the youngest of the children tested, so these were toddlers that were generally under 30 months, or under two and a half years, most will confess after peaking. Only about a third of them will lie. But as the children get closer to their fourth birthdays, which is generally around the time that we think, generally developmentally, this theory of mind develops. So as they get closer to their fourth birthday, the statistics completely flip. And this time, more than 70% of children will then lie. So it seems, in other words, that lying isn't developmentally normal for a four-year-old. In fact, what it actually is, is it's the most common response. So let me just recap that. When children were younger than two and a half, only about a third lied. So all of the children pretty much were confessing that they took a sneaky peek and they had a look when they when the researcher was out of the room, when they were asked not to. The sort of two and a half year olds, only a third of them would lie. The rest of them, so nearly 70% would tell the truth. Yes, I did look. What happens is it seems to completely flip around the time that we expect children to develop this idea, this theory of mind. And so what then happens is more than 70% of children when they reach about four years old then begin to lie. Now, that's one experiment that's quite interesting. But what, what I think makes it supremely interesting and actually particularly convincing around this idea about children beginning to lie when they can understand that different people have a different perspective than them is when we look at it in relation to what we call a false belief study. So this false belief study, basically, it's an experiment where you present children with these so-called false belief tasks. So you tell them a story about a character and that character placing an object somewhere and then you ask them. So in essence, the story goes along this sort of line is that there is a character who places a an object. Um, you may have heard it's quite often called the Sally Ann experiment. So for example, there's Sally. She's playing with her doll, Anne. Her mother calls her down for dinner. She places Anne in a box and then goes downstairs for dinner. Her sister comes into her room and moves the doll out of the box 
and instead places her into the wardrobe. And the simple question is, when we're thinking about theory of mind, is that when children are then asked, when Sally goes back up to her bedroom to look for her doll, Anne, where will she look? Now, the whole idea about theory of mind is that you understand that different people have a different perspective. But the notion is, if you've developed that idea of theory of mind, you would know that instinctively Sally is going to look for where she placed Anne rather than where her sister moved her to. So if a child has developed theory of mind, they will look, they will say that Sally will look for her doll in the box that she placed her in before she went downstairs rather than in the wardrobe. And that's exactly what researchers found was that actually when they looked at the sneaky peek experiment and they looked at that in connection with the false belief experiment around the doll is that they developed them at the same time so the children when they then started to lie about taking a sneaky peek would also be able to understand the false belief experiment and then know exactly where sally would have placed her doll Anne. So I think that that's a really important context. So I haven't just told you that because I like talking about research studies, although I do, because that's how we take the findings from these research studies and we use them to kind of understand why our children behave the way that they do and what strategies we might put in place. What's really important of that about that is to remember that children inherently don't have the skills to be deliberately deceitful in a premeditated way, God, I can't get my words out today, until they reach a certain age and stage of development. So it's really important that we then are able to respond and we talk about lies in the most appropriate way around our child's development. Remember, this is not necessarily linked to a specific age, but a stage in their development. So children can only understand lying and tell convincing lies if they are aware of their own and others' mental states. So the idea is they can only tell those lies when they are aware of their own and how others may then take a particular situation. So it's really crucial that we keep that in context as you then listen to the rest of the podcast episode specifically in terms of the reasons why and what we can do because it's really important that we respond to it with that understanding in in mind. So what is a lie? In other words, a lie is you have to make a statement that you don't believe yourself and that you must intend to make someone else accept that that statement is true. Yeah, so it's a statement that you make, a lie, something that you say that you don't believe yourself. You know it's not a truth, but your intention is that the other person will accept it as a true statement. All right, so now let's look at some of the common reasons why children lie. And the first and probably the most obvious one that we think of is that children will lie to avoid being punished. Whether that is for something that they have done or something that they haven't done. So children might lie that they've brushed their teeth. They haven't brushed their teeth, but they will lie to avoid being punished. They will lie maybe that they've done their homework when they haven't done their homework, that they've made their bed, that they've put things away. So children will avoid it if they believe that they're lying because they want to avoid being punished. They might lie just out of curiosity. They want to see how you will respond. Will they get told off? Will they not get told off? 
And quite often we see this in younger children, this, you know, lying out of curiosity. Sometimes our children lie because it's a way of bolstering their self-esteem. This is where we they exaggerate things or they might tell something about something that they've been able to do or something that they've done because it makes them look better, maybe to others or maybe to us. So that's another reason why children might lie. They might lie to get some attention. Maybe they think that by saying that something had happened to them or the way that somebody had treated them or something adverse has happened might get them attention or even something particularly amazing might have happened at school because it gets them gets them attention and remember when we're talking about attention for children sometimes bad attention is almost as good as good attention so it's this idea our children might tell a lie because it gets them attention maybe it helps them elevate them within a group of people at school maybe that's what it does it helps them become noticed at school Or maybe they might say that because they want us to notice them as their parents. So it's avoiding being punished. It's quite often the most common one. It's out of curiosity. They just want to see how we might react. And sometimes you'll get that with younger children where they'll give you a slightly mischievous look at the same time. It might be to bolster their self-esteem. It might be to get attention. It sometimes also happens with children in terms of that blurring the line between imagination and reality so sometimes children will lie because they mistake imagination with reality they've got so caught up in an imaginative play or an imaginative world or that sort of they're in that space that they the lines have become a little bit blurred between what's been part of that imagined life that imagined world that imaginative play and reality so that you sometimes get children who lie there. Sometimes children just lie to be polite, much in the same way as we might lie. They might lie to a teacher to be polite. They might lie to a friend because they don't want to upset them. So sometimes they might do that. And sometimes children lie because they want to protect others. Maybe they're asked about something that has happened at school or maybe something that their sibling has done. Or they might lie just simply to protect somebody else from getting into trouble. Maybe they say they've not seen something when they have seen something because they want to avoid someone getting into trouble. So part of this, I think, understanding the development of lying and as well as the reasons for lying is that that's quite a crucial part in terms of how we then look to encourage our children to tell the truth and the things that we should avoid because it's really important that we remember the context of where lying comes from because it's a it's something that everybody does we do it all of the time as adults and then we make that judgment about what seems to be an appropriate lie what whether we call it a white lie or whether we it's a lie to protect somebody's feelings our children are not are no different to us and i would sort of say that we've got to be very mindful around the the language that we use about lying and the because of the consequence of that comment that our children might make which is deceitful and the gravitas of it now clearly we want our children to be honest with us because we want to be able to have an honest dialogue with them we want them to tell us the truth i just believe that we just need to be very mindful about the way that we enforce and that we stress that so for example being aware of the developmental stages of lying makes it really crucial that we don't feel make a child who's a three-year-old feel under huge amounts of pressure that we, you know, we always tell the truth because there's an assumption that we might be carrying that our child is being deliberately deceitful, whereas actually the, the evidence would suggest that they're not, they don't necessarily know 
and that they're not necessarily being deceitful. So I think what I'm saying in a roundabout way is that we just need to be mindful about how we talk about this because that will layer on a whole load of pressure that may be unnecessary that might then create a stronger desire for a child to not necessarily tell the truth because I believe that quite often what we see you know the most common reason why I think children lie is because they want to avoid being punished and that's often where that comes from and so if we're then very if we then stress a child out in the way that we ask them to tell us about something we're almost creating a scenario where that child is deliberately going to fall down that particular route and they're not going to tell the truth. If our child is lying because they want to get attention, if our child is lying because they want to bolster their self-esteem, then approaching it on that basis of being very punitive about children not telling the truth is not going to help. They're lying for a reason. And that's why I think it's really important that we are aware of the context. Why might my child be lying? What might I be doing that might make my child feel that they have to lie in that particular situation are they are they feeling under a certain amount of pressure and so can I handle that in a slightly different way is my child not feeling particularly confident about themselves is their self-esteem particularly knocked and therefore that's where we're getting these exaggerations that our children get caught up in and rather than calling them out and actually put them on the spot more and impact their self-esteem even further because then when we're having that conversation they then feel quite you know there's there's huge amounts of shame around that how can I deal with it in a slightly different way so I can reinforce the value of telling the truth but be able to deal with that deceitful comment that lie in that moment that helps keep their self-esteem intact and helps them moving forward so it's really important that we understand why our child might be lying so that we can then look at how might we need to change how we respond to their lying and how we we communicate about it that might then help them see that telling the truth is more important. So it's really understanding that developmental process, particularly for those of you who are listening to this episode with younger children, so that you can reframe how you see your child's deception it's then being able to understand what are the common reasons why my child might be lying so that I can then respond more appropriately in that moment and then also understanding what might you need to start adding on what sort of things might you need to bolster the context in which the reason about why your child is lying so if your child is lying because they've got low self-esteem because they want to have attention What might you then be doing to bolster that? If your child is doing it to avoid being punished, how are you then talking about consequences? How are you putting those things in place that then might avoid it? So that's that just really helps in terms of that framework. So what are the things that we can do then as parents if we want to encourage our our children to tell the truth? And of course, you know, I'm going to come up with this one. First one is modeling it. How are we modeling to our children the importance of of telling the truth and where we are being deceptive where we are having those white lies are we then communicating to our children about why we might have done that children are much more likely to do what they see than what we say if they see us cancelling plans with friends and telling a lie exaggerating even a truth if they hear if they see us not being entirely honest about something where our children are clearly seeing that that's not the truth 
then that paves the way for our children that it's all right to not tell the truth in these particular situations. So where we find ourselves telling those white lies, then it's about having a conversation with our children about why we've done that. It's really crucial because we often believe that our children don't understand that we're doing that or they don't understand those subtle nuances. They do and they're learning that that's acceptable. So it's making sure that we're saying to ourselves, how am I modelling this value that I'm placing a huge amount of emphasis on to my child, but then breaking in these particular scenarios? Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to lie, because we all do. We want to save people's feelings, but then have a conversation with your child if they've witnessed you doing that about why you've made that choice and and talk, you know, use that as an opportunity to talk through that sometimes we t- we may tell truth we may not tell truth because we don't want to upset somebody's feelings and how you know what how that might show up for them and what is the value of doing that but also what is the downside because it's really important because otherwise what happens is if we say one thing and we act in a different way we're giving this contradictory it makes it difficult for children to see that true value that we're placing on telling the truth if they're getting these mixed messages. So the first one is, you know, how are we modeling it and being aware that when we don't model it to have those conversations with our children about it. So that's the first one. The second is, it's always so much easier if we praise our children for being honest. If we can focus on all of those moments that our children tell the truth, even if it gets them into trouble, then that is a much better way of doing it. That positive reinforcement then creates this habit of then always telling the truth it's that really praising our children when they tell the truth even if it's an easy truth to tell because they see that as a family we reward truth because that's a really important value so we're consistent in what we're saying about telling the truth because that's how we reward it and children love that attention and that focus on them so by praising them you're more likely to get more of that the third one and this is quite a really an important one if we want to avoid one of the common reasons why our children lie is avoid seeking to control our children with harsh punishments for not doing something that we ask and instead really focus in on consequence if there is a severe consequence that is disproportionate to what we've asked our children if let's say our children don't brush their teeth they fear maybe we get we maybe we lose our temper maybe we shout at them so for our children there is a greater desire to lie because they are desperate to avoid being shouted at so instead let's have conversations with our children and help them understand why there are natural consequences why do we want our children to brush their teeth why is it that why is that really important and then ha- talk about what might be a natural consequence of them not brushing their teeth and it may well be a natural consequence rather than a harsh punishment because by doing that our children are much less likely to lie because they understand why we're asking them to do it and when we're doing that what we can then do is if our children spill some milk for example, or spill a drink, is if we try and focus in on dealing with the with the situation in that moment rather than did you spill it, we can then avoid them 
feeling that they then have to lie because they're they're going to kind of react very instantly as I don't want my parent to get cross with me I don't want them to tell me off I don't want them to get angry with me and therefore I'm going to go into automatic lying instead if we deal with the problem at hand and in that process of clearing up the problem and organizing it our child then has an opportunity to tell the truth so it's really making sure that we avoid the seeking control with these harsh punishments because that's going to lead our children down that road of lying so we've got a model telling the truth we want to praise our children for being honest as and when we possibly can we want to avoid seeking to control our children with these harsh punishments because then instead we can focus on consequence The fourth one is around having conversations about your family value. So again, I often talk about this idea about having these Sunday family meetings. It's a collection. It's an opportunity for you as a family to get together, however old your children are. But it's a really it's a great opportunity to reinforce your your family value and the promises that you make to each other to always tell the truth. And there's been some research evidence that has shown that when you talk about the value of being honest, that obviously can be really powerful for a family and encouraging our children to tell the truth. But when you talk about promises and you encourage your family to make a promise to each other to make the tr- to tell the truth, that promise seems to elevate and mean that children are much more likely to be truthful than just simply talking about the family value. It's these promises. We promise to each other that we will always be truthful, even if it might be painful or even if there's a consequence to that. So it's really, it's enforcing that in the conversations that you have about your family values and the promises that you make to each other. It's also letting our children know really clearly that truth reduces consequences by being honest by telling the truth that's going to minimize the negative consequence that happens the consequence that you might deliver as a result of it and then acting in accordance with that so don't just say that if you tell me the truth there's going to be less less of a punitive um, consequence to that but make sure that you are and sometimes when we are so angry that our children have done something it can be really difficult to accept when they tell us the truth, that temptation to not say, well, you know, that was a really bad thing that they did anyway. They really should have this big negative consequence because if we want to encourage our children to be honest, if we want to encourage our children to tell the truth, then there needs to be, we need to make sure that there is no fear from that and that we reward it not only in what we say, but the consequences that we hold with that. And then the final one that I would say in terms of how we encourage our children to tell the truth is to set the scene in advance to cushion the blow. So what we want to sort of say is there's a bit of sort of preamble before we ask our children something about, you know, sometimes it can be really difficult to say, to tell the truth because we're worried that something bad might happen if we're not if we're not completely honest. And what we have to remember is that in this family it's really important that we tell the truth and it's part of the promise that we made to each other. So even though we're really, we might feel nervous about it, we know that it's safe because this is really important within our family and we know that the truth means that the consequence is nowhere near as bad. So it's it's setting that scene, 
And when we know we're going to have a conversation with our children about something that might have happened, and we know that there may well be a temptation for them not to tell the truth, we might cushion that blow by setting the scene in advance of asking that question. So let me just recap those sort of six key points that we can do in terms of telling, encouraging our children to tell the truth. So the first one is about making sure that we model it, because children are much more likely to do what they see than what we say, by praising our children when they're honest, by avoiding sort of seeking to control our children with these harsh punishments, by having regular conversations about our family values of honesty and reinforcing a promise that you make to each other to always tell the truth. It's letting our children know that the truth always reduces the consequences and then acting in accordance with that and setting the scene to cushion the blow in advance. Now, before I wrap up the podcast episode, I want to just talk about two things that I think we should avoid at all costs, because I don't think that they're particularly helpful. One, I don't think is particularly helpful um, in terms of encouraging our children to tell the truth. And the other one I don't think is helpful because it's sort of it's a character assassination on our children. So really, please, please do not give your child the label of being a liar. Don't call your child a liar but focus in on this notion of whether of, te- of telling the truth. And I know we don't do it intentionally, but sometimes we find ourselves doing that. So really avoid doing that. And then the second one is avoid making your child feel cornered. Asking that direct question, using a tone, quick fire questioning really doesn't help because our children are much more likely to lie. Instead, create space and an opportunity to tell the truth. And you might, in that case, it may well be that you say to your child, I'm going to ask you the question again in 10 minutes. And I'm just going to give you a bit of time to have a think about what you might say. So you can think about what your response might be. If, if that is a situation where you're asking your children outright. But I would really encourage you to avoid having your child feeling cornered because it's the same for all of us. If we feel cornered, we're going to come out with an automatic response that is going to try and save our skin. And that is quite often to then not tell the truth and actually tell a lie. So if we want to create a space and an environment where our child feels they're able to tell us the truth without fear of these huge, harsh consequences, then we need to think about how am I asking my child this this question? How am I creating the space and giving them an opportunity to tell me the truth? And do I give them a bit of a buffer if they respond with a lie initially? Do I then give them a buffer to go away and have a think about what they're going to say and then come back and tell, give me a different response now that they've had that opportunity and that time and that space? I hope you found that useful. This is such a big topic and it may well be that I'll need to revisit it when you know some of you may want to know I've got a child who's constantly telling lies but I think if you're able if you're in a situation if you're knee deep in a situation where your child is consistently not always being truthful I would go back to the common reasons why children lie and look at is it that actually there's an issue around self-esteem and my child is doing that or is it that they're trying to avoid punishment and the way that I'm communicating around things that I have in terms of an expectation might be leading to that. It's really important that we understand why our children are lying because it may well be that you need to actually refer to a different podcast episode as well 
because you don't you do not don't just need to address the issue around why your child isn't being truthful but there's an underlying driver for that that is beyond about beyond being deceitful so my give this week is going to be those three areas in a checklist so the common reasons why children lie ways that we can encourage our children to tell the truth and what we should avoid in those situations all you need to do is head over to my free resource library drmaryhand.com forward slash library where you'll find the link to download the resource all you need to do is pop in your email address and you'll get instant access not only to this week's resource but all the other free resources across all my podcast episodes as ever if you have enjoyed this episode i would love it if you could follow and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love so until next time Thank you.